Hey guys, welcome back to Heal, Survive, and Thrive. I am so excited you're here. This week we're going to get into um, narcissism. We're really going to talk about why these people are incapable of loving you. So essentially, I get this question all the time where people ask me, why didn't this person love me? What did I do wrong? And I think when you have been in this relationship, especially when you have been discarded, especially when this person has left you for someone else, this question comes up so, so often because we want an answer and we don't, the gray areas of life, a lot of times we don't enjoy. We want things to be black and white. We want to know an answer. We think if this answer, if we can get this answer, that it will make us feel better. And I'm even getting goosebumps as I say this because I understand what it means to just crave this answer of really saying, okay, what was the problem? Like, why why didn't this person actually love me? Why couldn't this person give me what it is that I needed, what it is that I did deserve? So I want to get into this because I know a lot of you guys are struggling with this. Before I do get into it, I always like to talk about a couple things. And this week, I want to talk about one of my programs. I'm going to talk about the nine-week course. So the nine-week course is a course online via my client portal. It allows you to learn about your emotional wounds. This is critical because the reason why this person didn't love you and all of the information that I'm going to give you in this podcast is sometimes really irrelevant because what the what really needs to happen is the wound that you feel by either feeling abandoned, neglected, disappointed, chances are you have felt before. And it's going to be really healing that first wound that will then allow you to now heal this one. Because someone leaving you, someone abandoning you, you going through divorce, a breakup, on a lot of levels, you're re-experiencing trauma. Just because we experienced trauma when we were younger doesn't mean that we don't go through our, the rest of our lives never experiencing a trauma ever again. And someone abandoning you or not being able to love you in the way that you deserved is a form form of abandonment and it is a trauma that can stay stuck with you and it can obviously affect any relationships you have going forward. So I love talking about the nine-week course because the nine-week course is going to go into all of that. It's going to teach you about your wounds. It's going to teach you about your triggers, emotional triggers. It's going to teach you how this stuff shows up in your day-to-day life. And most people are so unconscious that they have no idea how these things even show up in their day-to-day life and they begin sabotaging everything in their life because of this one wound that is being triggered and that comes up for them. So really, really important stuff amongst really learning how to heal from this stuff so you can start actually having the life that you wanna live. And I always think that that's really important. So if you are interested, click down below. I always leave all the links there, but let's get into this week's podcast. So let's get into really two big reasons why this person didn't love you. Number one, I want you to understand that when you're in a relationship with someone who suffers from narcissistic personality disorder, um, or really anyone who quite frankly is unhealthy, you know, let's, we don't need to always diagnose someone with having NPD and being able to diagnose anyone with NPD is really, really tricky because it is gray. There are so many different categories that you would need to check off really to be able to say, yes, you have this personality disorder. So I always say it's not really even about diagnosing people. What it is about is understanding what's healthy and what's toxic and completely unhealthy behavior. And the relationship, the relationships that end especially if it ended badly, you know, you're going to ask yourself this question. You're going to ask, you know, why didn't this person love me? What was it about me that made them just jump ship or decide that they don't want to be married to me anymore or decide that 
they don't want to be in a relationship with me anymore. So to ask yourself why this person didn't love you means that you feel obviously disappointed. You feel some sadness, you feel some lack or some ability of, I mean, lack is really the only, the only word that you didn't have something that they wanted or that they needed. And that that really that unlovable wound starts to kind of get triggered there where you don't feel good enough to have someone stay in your life. You didn't feel good enough or unlovable that this person just jumped ship. So really the betrayals that someone or the wounds that someone inflicts on us in this way really triggers that I'm unlovable wound. It really triggers the abandonment wound. So, you know, maybe they were not able to really be who you wanted them to be. And I think that that is such an important thing to remember because we oftentimes like to fantasize. We like to idealize people. We like to project who we want people to be and they're not capable of being that person. And any person that I've ever spoken to or coached that has gone through this, when I ask them dead honestly, were you 100% happy and satisfied in your relationship? And obviously no relationship is perfect, but chances are when you're honest, you're going to say no. <laughs> because you're dealing with someone who's unhealthy. So if anyone who's unhealthy is not going to be able to give you the type of relationship that you want, because the type of relationship that's in your mind is going to be a healthy one. It's going to, maybe you won't be able to clearly define what that means and what it should look like, because maybe you weren't given an example of what a healthy relationship should look like, but so you're not going to have a good foundation to really even go off of, but you're also going to know that what I am experiencing doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel healthy. So that's really your indicator of, okay, I'm not in a great relationship right now. It could be some things that you're contributing yourself, your own wounds that you're then bringing, your own baggage and all that stuff that you haven't healed that you're bringing into this relationship as well, because it takes two to tango. Let's just be completely honest and transparent here. But same on the, you know, same goes for the other person. So what are they bringing into this relationship that they have never healed and probably will never be able to heal? And that is really the key thing. You know, the truth is we all have stuff. Everyone has something that they're bringing in. We all have egos. We're all human beings. We've all been wounded. We've all experienced trauma and disappointments and things that we have to heal, reprogram, forgive, etc. The difference between a healthy person and someone who's not is going to be, can they recognize that stuff within them? Can they recognize it? What are they doing about it? And how do they show up when it actually comes forth in their life? So when their defensiveness comes forward, how do they handle it? Do they know they are doing it? What are what steps are they doing to really not be that unhealthy person that immediately comes to the forefront with defensiveness or passive aggressiveness or are they being manipulative and can you spot it? And when you start to call them out on their BS, how do they show up? So really this is kind of the dance that you need to know how to play in order to determine whether or not someone is healthy versus not healthy. I think, you know, when I asked that question of were you happy in this relationship, I think depending on where you're at in this relationship, meaning are you, you know, six months in or are you 20 years deep into a marriage, 
chances are in the beginning phases of the relationship, you got love bombed and romance happens. We all experience that quote honeymoon stage in a relationship, but it shouldn't be where you literally felt, you know, without a shadow of a doubt that you have met your soulmate and this person is literally everything you've ever wanted and you're like oh my god they're 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 perfect and you almost put them on a pedestal above you and I think that's a really big indicator of number one your real insecurities and not feeling good enough that we start to idealize someone so much that they become something higher than what you are I know for 100% certainty that's something that I did in past relationships where I didn't feel good enough. I felt like they were better than me in a lot of ways and I did idealize them and I did put them on a pedestal that they didn't need to be on because they were on the same playing field as me. They were imperfect. They had stuff, but I didn't own that. I didn't see that. I didn't want to see that. I just, I was so used to always pointing the finger at me and being that codependent people pleaser that it just came natural for me to go within and think, what I brought to the table or who I am or my background or my upbringing or whatever that looks like wasn't good enough. This podcast is brought to you by Military True Crime Addict, a podcast focusing on true life events of military personnel, veterans, and those associated with the military. Give a voice to the victims and hear their side of the story. Raise awareness of the heinous crimes and support those most impacted. Military True Crime Addict is available wherever you get your podcasts and you don't need to know anything about the military to listen. Now, back to the show. So when someone comes into your life and not only are you idealizing them on that level and you're putting them on that kind of a pedestal, but they're also coming in promising you the world and being everything that you've ever wanted someone to be. And then the abuse starts to happen. So now they've hooked you in and now the cycle of abuse really starts to happen with this person where either maybe they ghost you or maybe they just straight up abandon you. So whatever that kind of cycle looked like for you, where maybe they began using some emotionally abusive tactics. I always say people that are unhealthy, really anyone with an ego that has some wounds that they haven't really healed from are going to always use a couple of different methods of abuse. Either they're going to be highly manipulative and you want to understand, well, how does that look like for them? In what ways do they try to manipulate me? Um, Maybe they just straight go to being passive aggressive when they don't get their way. Maybe they are defensive and deflect. So not only do you want to know this within the people around you and what are their tactics, what are their drink of choice that they like to kind of use on you or other people when they don't get their way, when they're upset, when, you know, they feel unsatisfied, whatever it is, that's their responsibility. But how do they take what should be theirs and put it onto other people? What do they do? You also want to flip it and make sure that you can examine yourself and say, okay, when I feel upset, when I feel sad, when I feel frustrated or angry or whatever that looks like, how do I handle that myself? Do I put that on you as well? And in what ways do I do to kind of deflect from owning how I feel and that this is actually my stuff. So it's great to be able to do this to outside people and chances are you're going to be able to do it very easily, but you also want to make sure that you're doing it for yourself because you want to make sure that you yourself are growing so you can be healthy. That way you can attract someone who's actually on your level. Because if you do this, if you can say, okay, 
I own it. That was my stuff. That was 100% all me. You will only link up with friends or romantic relationships of people who can do the same thing. Because the minute you can do it all day long and you recognize that the person across the table can never do it, that relationship is not going to work. And it's not going to work very quickly. And you're going to be able to get that person out of the equation as quick as possible versus you being a person that can't do it. They sure can't do it. And now you're just going toe-to-toe in this relationship and going around and around and around with this toxic person when also you're not healthy as well. You know, here's the the harsh reality is that when you are coming out of this type of relationship with someone who is narcissistic, unhealthy, whatever it looks like, it is trauma. It is trauma. It is heartbreaking. And it is really hard to recover from this type of stuff because not only, yes, on some levels, did you idealize this person and, you know, you put them on a pedestal and thought you had your soulmate and you were going to have your happily ever after and whatever that looks like for you. But you have now been with someone who has chipped away at your self-esteem, someone who has chipped away at you knowing who the hell you are. And I think so many people come out of these relationships, whether it's a family member, a friendship, romantic partner, it doesn't matter. And you're just like, you don't know who you are anymore. And you don't want to get back to who you quote used to be because you want to be better than that, right? I never wanted to get back to who I was. I wanted to be a different version. I wanted to be better. I wanted to be healthier. I wanted to be more confident in myself. And so going through a period of recovery is, is I mean, it's huge. It is essential when you are coming out of these relationships because this person has an inability to really value other people, to really want to boost someone up, to really want to motivate and encourage another person. This person isn't and never was that type of a person, and, and but you didn't realize that. And so what they did was the opposite. While they were supposed to actually be loving you and respecting you and valuing you and building you up, what they did is they just literally little by little chipped away at you. So when someone chips away at who you are, and remember, you have to understand the mind of this person. And I know this sounds ridiculous. To me, I never really, I I didn't really grasp this because it seemed like pure evil. I'm like, who walks around doing these things? But if you even take a close look at yourself, at times you might have done them as well because you didn't feel good about yourself. So have you ever been critical of someone else? Have you ever judged someone else? Have you ever tried to pick at someone else? You probably, I mean, did you do it to the extreme that this person did or at the lengths or as many times or whatever that looks like? No, probably not. On some levels, you wanted to be supportive. You wanted to help this person. You wanted to boost them up. You you are a good person and you see the good in others. But this person has an inability to want to see other people be happy. And again, I know that sounds sick and twisted, but that is the case because if you're doing worse, if you're struggling, if you're not okay, I feel good about me. And I, again, I know that sounds so crazy. I mean, I could never in a million years feel satisfied if someone around me was, quote, doing bad or doing worse. It never in in any instance would make me want to feel better. I mean, half the reason I became a coach and I always tell people, I don't feel like I'm doing now what I haven't done my whole life 
which is just want to help people, which is want people to succeed, which is want people to be happy. So someone who's toxic, who's unhealthy, they don't feel the same way. If you're doing worse, if you're not happy, if you're struggling, that makes me feel good. It makes me feel like I have my shit together. It makes me feel like, you know, life's going my way and you're really struggling. It makes me shine brighter when you're kind of sitting in the darkness. So you have to really understand the concept of this person can never love you, was never capable of loving you, but none of that was actually about you. So no matter what it is that they did along the way, whether it was chipping away at you slowly, whether it was leaving you for another person, whether it was cheating on you, lying, you know, betraying you, whatever, really and truly, whatever it was, it was never about you. You know, it is easy to go to the place of blaming yourself because that gives you a sense of control. That gives you, like I always say, we like to have the black and white answers. We like things to be black and white. Those gray areas of life, a lot of people really struggle with because they want control. I want to know that one plus one equals two. And so if I can put all the blame on myself, then I have control because I have control over myself. If the blame or majority of the blame is going to go on you and it is about you, I can't control that. Now remember, you always on some levels enjoying the blame. It's also something that you have to understand. You've been doing this for a very long time and it's also what you probably did as a child. You blamed yourself unconsciously because remember, you didn't have any logic. You weren't able to say, oh, mom's a little messed up, she's a little narcissistic and dad's a little you know, self-righteous and he is emotionally unavailable and that's probably why he's not listening to me as you're six years old sitting on the couch playing with your toy. You weren't able to think like that. So because you weren't able to think like that, the only thing that the child can do is just go within. Oh, it must be me. There must be something wrong. So you blamed yourself for what mom and dad were not able to actually give you. So you internalized their behavior or their lack of being able to really give you what you needed because that gave you a sense of control. And so you grew up learning how to alter yourself or suppress yourself or quiet yourself or be something else so you could get the things that you really needed, which was the love, which was the acceptance, which was the validation, whatever. So when you grew up your whole life already doing this as a child, it is going to be what you now do as an adult. Hence, asking these questions over and over and over again of why didn't this person love me? I need this answer. What did I do wrong? Or whatever it was, because you can't accept that what you were not able to give this person was probably the best thing in the world, which was narcissistic supply, which was being a doormat, which was being a person that had no, absolutely no standards, which was a person that all you ever wanted was to just bounce around and make the other person happy. And you were able to really, really suppress yourself. So I always tell people when you are looking at someone who number one left you for someone else, you have to really understand that for someone to leave a person for someone else, yes, there were things you could not give this person and you just received the best compliment you will ever receive in your entire life. Because no matter how bad this person broke you down, broke you, hurt you, or whatever that looks like, you still on some level were not completely unbreakable. And they saw that and they knew that. And that's why they're not here today. The other thing 
that is critical that you understand when asking yourself this question, why didn't this person love me? This person does not know how to love. And I want you to really like get that for a hot minute. I want you to look at this person. I want you to look at how they were brought up. I want you to look at their parents. I want you to look at their situation. I want you to look at their past. I want to, I want you to look at their character. You know, it is, you have to dive into the simple fact that some people have an inability to love because it was something that they never received or the way they received loved looked like this. It looked like this monkey water of, you know, this person having to, again, remember someone who's narcissistic is either narcissistic for one of two reasons. Either they were completely enabled their whole entire life, which are probably coming from perhaps maybe two really, really codependent people or a parent that has a lot of like guilt for some reason and just overindulges, overindulges, or you're being, you know, the narcissism is really forming because of sheer neglect. And neglect, when we think of neglect, we think of things like, oh my God, the food, you know, the child didn't have any food to eat or they were, the parents just took off and left them in the house all by themselves. And neglect, again, is not black and white. It's not just these extreme things. Neglect is withholding of love. Neglect is the inability to show physical affection to your child. Neglect is not praising your child for what it is that the child actually is accomplishing or doing. And it's a that winning mentality or keeping up with the Joneses or whatever that looks like, which really it looks like two narcissistic parents or perhaps just one narcissistic parent that had a huge influence over this child, which then basically the dysfunction then, you know, just continues on from generation to generation. So as we're growing up, we learn some fundamental aspects of being a human being. We learn empathy and we learn boundaries, hopefully. We learn how to handle not getting what we want and we learn how to give and receive love. So for someone who's narcissistic, they didn't learn any of that. They didn't they didn't understand these models of how to behave in the world. So either they had one narcissistic parent and a codependent parent or you had two narcissistic parents. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. A narcissist growing up either received too much attention or quite frankly, just not enough. So they learned, you know, things like, status matters, or they learned that they only receive love when they did something really well. They learned that love is really based on conditions, and they learned how to manipulate others to basically get what they wanted. And they learned that model either through watching someone else do it, or they learned it, quite frankly, just through trial and error themselves of, okay, when I do this, I get this. And so that behavior, when consistently displayed over and over again, is going to form a certain type of character trait within a person. So you're basically in a relationship with someone who their only goal is achievement, is status, is what people think, is what you can give me. It's all about me. It's not about contributing. It's not about meeting in the middle. It's not about, you know, the give and takes of relationship. It's not about understanding acceptance of other people. It's not about any of those things. It's about judgment. It's about flaws. It's about perfectionism. It's about achieving. It's about goals. It's about money. It's about power. It's about control. All of those things, that's what the definition of love is to them. So they don't 
have an ability to get down to that like soul level of a person and really feel on those deep levels because it's all about what do you do for me? So when you are really asking yourself these questions, you know, you gotta remember those two important things, which is this person had an inability to actually know how to love. You can't have a connection with someone who is completely disconnected from themselves. And I think that is like the golden nugget right there. The only way you're gonna get deep with someone is someone with someone who can get deep with themselves. And this person is not capable. So you're not going to, they're never going to be able to love you because they can't love themselves. And some of these things might be cliche and the simple things that you hear all the time, but I want you to really understand these concepts because once you understand it, then your mental side, that logical side will start to be like, okay, one plus one equals two. But of course the emotional side is still going to hurt. It's still going to feel disappointment. It's essential that you feel what you need to feel. It's a huge part of healing. Like I talked about in the beginning, the nine week course, link below, click on that and start that right away because it is essential to know how to heal. Most people have no idea how to heal from trauma. So it's not just going to be this experience that you're going to go through. You're gonna go through other things in life that are going to be wounds or traumatic and things that might stay with you. So it is essential that you understand how to heal from these things. So I hope you guys have enjoyed this week's podcast. If you did, don't forget to follow along for next week and I'll see you next week.